let's pray. Hey. Father, we just thank you for your goodness, Lord, and you know, we do just say thank you so much for everything you've done. Your goodness, Lord God, never ends, goes on forever. And Lord, your kindness has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. We pray today, Father, in Jesus' name, that our ears will be open to hear what your Spirit is saying to us. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought I'd start with a quiz today, um, see if you can guess what, what this is. Okay, so I'm just going to give you some descriptive words. Um, okay, so firstly, I'm small. I'm full of deadly poison. I'll set your life on fire. I'll control your life. I'll corrupt your whole body. I'm set of on fire by hell itself. I'm restless and I'm evil. Anyone got any ideas what that might be? Anyone? The tongue, yeah. <laughs> Correct. The tongue. Now that's a pretty horrid image, right? To think about. But we've been talking about communicating and how we, first of all, listened last week. Jesus said when we're listening, he said this, be careful what you hear. With what measure you meet, you shall be met. In other words, make sure that what you're listening to is the truth, but also be a good listener to hear what the Spirit is saying. So you can, that, those um, descriptions of the tongue come from the book of James, which we're going to read a little bit later maybe. But it is your tongue. And James says this in chapter 1, verse 26 of the book of James, if you claim to be religious but you don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. There's so much emphasis and importance placed on how we speak, what it is that we do with our tongue. How do we use it wisely? Because like when I read those descriptions of the tongue, I can be really depressed, I guess, in a way. It's like, well, what hope is there for me? I've got this evil bit of life living in my mouth that is untamable, that I can't control, that, that somehow it directs everything in my life. In fact, Proverbs says death and life are in the power of the tongue. The words we speak are so important. But we've got to remember something as Christians. James isn't saying that we're stuck here. What he's saying is this, that when you look at what the tongue can do, but when you compare it with the spiritual life of the life of the believer that knows and love God, loves God, that your tongue can turn around and become an instrument of worship to him. It can also become an instrument of healing to people around you. It can become an instrument of life to them. It becomes like honey to people. It soothes them. It helps them. It grows them. It lifts them up. And James is talking about a tongue that is unredeemed. But guess what, guys? We have been redeemed. And Jesus didn't just die to redeem our spirit. He died so that every part of us could be redeemed and he came to redeem our tongue as well. And this morning I want to accomplish two things. Number one, I just want to encourage you to speak to God, to speak up to him so that you can be changed and that good fruit becomes produced in your life. 
I want us to have those roots that are the right roots going down. Mel, in his communion, he talked about how there's these roots of sin that sometimes grab hold of our heart, but I want to say, you know what? The love of God begins to dissolve them. And when we put our roots in him, everything changes. When we make him the Lord of our life, everything changes because it's not a work of us, it's the work of the Holy Spirit coming, living inside of us and transforming us, not from the outside in, but the inside out. By learning to speak to God, by learning to come and talk with him and using your lips wisely in that area, you will start to change in how you speak to other people and you will learn some things about what it is like to live this Christian life. If we do this, if we take the time this morning to really reflect on what God can do in our life and what changes we can make, it is going to make a massive difference to us in so many different areas. We're going to go and grow in confidence in prayer. We're going to go grow in confidence in praise. We're going to learn to build each other up and not tear each other down. We're going to have excellent relationships. We're going to be able to confront evil with the truth and we're going to be able to share the good news of Jesus Christ as our lips become sanctified towards him. Jesus said his words are spirit and life. And we've been invited into that life as Christians. I want you to listen to this psalm. It's so beautiful. Hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. This is, I better put my glasses on to read that. Psalm 27, verse 7 and 8. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Isn't that a beautiful picture of the way God wants to talk with us? That as the psalmist is writing this psalm, he's saying, Hear me, God. Be merciful and answer me. My, my heart, my heart has heard that cry from you. And that cry from God is this, come and talk with me. But then the response, my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. You see, God wants us to have truthful relationships and he wants us to have a truthful relationship with him. The invitation has been given to go there with spirit and truth, to worship, praise, request, ask, talk to God, to have thanksgiving in our lips. And the thing is, what happens is as we do this, our hearts are transformed. Our words become filled with the life that comes only from God. Being in the vine enables my words to be changed and it gives me power in my prayer. Just want you to hazard a guess about something. What did I just pour on the floor? How do you know that? <laughs> you know it because you know what the source is, right? Spring, wait, spring water. Jesus talked about how our hearts reflect 
in our words or our words reflect our hearts. You see, when we have that transformed heart, when we come to Christ, when we come to God and we spend that time with him and get into the presence, Jesus said this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatever you want and you can have it. What was he saying? He's saying that when you finally take that position that I'm going to get my roots down into Christ, the source comes out of your mouth. It comes out of your life and it's life-giving. You see, the Pharisees, um, I'm going to sort of go on about a story in Matthew 15. The Pharisees were really upset. They were so upset because what happened was there was this long tradition they had that you had to wash your hands a certain way and go through all these ceremonies before you ate. Now these guys are so determined to let Jesus know how badly his disciples were doing that they came all the way from Jerusalem to Galilee to talk to him. That's a week's journey. Could you imagine that? That you've got such a, an upsetness with the way some, somebody's doing something that you take a week to go and see them just to tell them that. They came to Jesus and they were like, Jesus, your disciples are really naughty. They're not washing their hands before they eat. They don't clean the way they're meant to clean. Jesus just said to him, wait a minute. These are your traditions. They're what you're wanting to do. But guess what? That's not in the word of God. And what you do is you neglect the things that are in the word for the things of tradition. And what I love about Jesus is this. <laughs> he talked to them in that way with the truth, but with grace, with love, and it hurt them. The disciples came to Jesus and they said, Jesus, do you know you offended them? Now, I'm pretty sure he did, right? Because what he said to them was that basically they're, they're evil. They don't actually really care about the things of God. And, and of course, he had upset them. But then Jesus called the crowd to himself, and this is what it says in Matthew chapter 15, starting at verse 10. Then Jesus called the crowd to come and hear, listen, he said, and try to understand. It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. You're defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Anything you eat passes through the stomach that goes into the sewer. But the words you speak come from your heart. That's what defiles you. For from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying and slander. These are what defile you. Eating with washed, unwashed hands will never defile you. In other words, what he's saying is that we can get so caught up in that tradition, but what God's saying to us through Jesus here, the words that, that he speaks are saying this, your words are going to reveal what's inside of you. Think about that. If you discourage, what comes out of your mouth? What about when you're happy? What are the words you speak? What about when you're angry? What comes out of your mouth? The things that come out of your mouth are the things that reveal what's in your heart. If you're in doubt, what comes out of your mouth? If you're in faith, what comes out of your mouth? Your heart is revealed so fully by what you speak. But, Often, we don't even do that well because we lie to each other. And this is what we're going to go to now. To try and work out how we should talk to each other. 
You see, we're meant to be renewed people, right? And the only way to do that is with the Holy Spirit's help. The Holy Spirit's help working inside of us to transform us. And when we think about all the things that God has done, probably to me, well, definitely to me, besides the fact that Jesus saved me, is that he didn't leave me an orphan. He actually called me a son and he placed the Holy Spirit in my heart so that I would know that God is my father. And in Ephesians, it talks about how we use our words. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23 to 25, and then 29 to 33. This is what it says. It's talking firstly about how we, we are to grow up. We're not to be blown around, not to be people that are easily influenced. Because it says we need to speak the truth to each other in love so that we grow more and more to be like Christ who's the head of his body, the church. So this is what Ephesians says here. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbours the truth for we are all parts of the same body. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behaviour. So this list here gives us some things that we need to get out of our vocabulary, but also says you need to put some stuff in. And as we learn to talk, to communicate well, because this is so important for us to be together as a body of believers, we need to learn that we need to speak the truth, but it is balanced by being in love. Jesus spoke the truth. Sometimes it really hurt people. Other times it ministered grace, but at every single time that he used his words, it was to bring healing to them somehow. It was to either change the way they lived through that, the word that was spoken always to comfort them and say, here I am, I'm life to you. To those who were religious who didn't want to hear, he told them the truth. To those who were evil and wicked, he told them the truth. But even when he said it, he said, you know what, I'm not judging you. The words that I'm telling you, they're judging you. Have you ever been in that situation where somebody says something and it just hits your heart and you feel so judged? but they're actually not judging you. Or where God says something to you. We, we talked about that with the Holy Spirit. How we sometimes feel so judged even by God because Holy Spirit comes and he says, you need to read your word more. And all of a sudden that judgment comes. But that's not what the point is. Jesus wants to set us free. And those words that we hear are to set us free. We need to get some things out of our vocabulary. The way we speak to each other, definitely. We need to do this, though. We need to tell the truth to each other. This is a hard thing, isn't it, in this world? Um, there's so much fake out there, isn't there? And sometimes we get caught up in that. 
A lot of people call Facebook, Facebook. This is my Facebook life. This is what happens. This is my day. This is amazing. Here's a snapshot. And as we look at those sorts of things, we often look and we see, wow, what a perfect life they have. Not necessarily so. In fact, many times not. But not only that, someone will post something and, and then you hear all these comments back, oh, you're amazing, you're wonderful, that's a beautiful picture of you, you're, you're the best. And it's like flattery comes in. It's like, let's just tell them what they want to hear. But as Christians, we are, we're, we're taught that we need to tell the truth in love. We're not to tell the truth in criticism. We're not to tell the truth in hatred. We're not to tell the truth in anger. We're not to tell the truth in our own opinion. We're not to tell the truth to pull down. We're told to tell the truth in love. The words that we speak are meant to be bringing life to people, not death. And when we start to walk in our fleshly ways, the way that we've always done it, and this is what you see all the time, I will tell you the truth, and I'm going to give you a piece of my mind, but the problem is your mind might not be renewed. And so all you're doing is giving this unrenewed mind to someone. But God says, no, let everything in you be renewed. You have to speak the truth, but when you speak the truth, it's to be in love, to heal, to not, not to harm, to help, not to hinder, to build up, not to tear down. And this is so important when we think about our relationships with each other, isn't it? So important. We can spend all our time living lives. So what do we need to get rid of? Foul and abusive language. Talking about communicating, but the God way. I'm going to put this together next week when it comes to our conflicts. Some Christians will say, well, it's okay to swear. It doesn't really matter, but it's quite clear. Don't use foul or abusive language. Why not? It tears down. It hurts. It strikes a heart. The Bible talks about how words are like arrows and they can wound. When we start to move into that realm of our language, we start to wound people. We hurt their hearts. And I tell you what, the biggest scars in your life are not the broken legs that you had. They're not that cut that you had down your arm. The biggest scars in your life is a word that someone spoke to you that hit your heart, right? You remember that. Your broken leg gets better. Your, your injury heals most of the time. Sometimes it hinders you. But I tell you what, those words that cut deep in your soul they hurt and they don't heal without God and his love coming and taking that and redeeming your life and making it new. Thank you, Jesus, for what you do. Don't uh, Say good and helpful things when you're talking to each other. Is it good? Is it helpful? When you're in, even in, when you're in conflict, is it good? Is it helpful? Where to encourage others? Where to get rid of bitterness? So inside our hearts, what's bitterness look like? Well, every time I think of that person, my face just turns like I've eaten a lemon. <laughs> that person, that bitterness, it grows. Getting rid of that bitterness from our heart. Getting rid of rage. Wow, 
You know, earthly anger produces nothing. Godly anger does because it brings righteousness. But out of control speaking is not something that we should be doing when we're communicating to each other. When you're communicating with the, the, the people that aren't yet Christians, is there a heart inside of you that's so much in turmoil, you've just got to speak out and you are in rage, you're out of control, you just say things that, that you shouldn't say. Go back to God, God saying, come and talk with me. And my heart cried, I'm coming. Because there needs to be a change of heart. There needs to be that root that is going down through the vine joined into Jesus Christ that the words of life begin to flow out of us. And there's nothing else there anymore. Anger, we're not meant to, to have that in our words. Harsh words. Wow, I bet you've heard a few in your life. I bet you've spoken a few in your life. Words that are like a stick that beats someone. Slander, what's that mean? That I talk about people, I, I defame them, I, I talk about their character and I assassinate them. Our words should be pleasant like honey and they should be healing. You know what, when we start to live this way, James says that this is a sign of maturity. As a person, if you are starting to control the way you speak, it shows that you're mature. If you don't control the way you speak, you're like a kid. Who chucks a tantrum? It's your three-year-old, right? Not you. You're 20. You're 30. You're 40. You're 50. You're 60. You don't chuck tantrums anymore. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> But when you can control your words, maturity is coming out of you. And not only that, the thought to think this, we need to speak this way to each other and speak the truth in love. Why? For the benefit of everyone. Isn't that what it said in Ephesians? We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who's the body of the church. You see, our tongue isn't just about us and our life. This is about the health of the body, the church, growing together to the head, which is Christ. This is what it's about. You see, we don't come here because we decide to come here. I know that might be a shock to you because you probably woke up this morning and went, should I or shouldn't I? Maybe not. Maybe you're so excited to come. But you see, the church is a people of God called together to, to gather by the Holy Spirit. This is not a voluntary association of people who have the same thoughts, who are in a club. There's something more to this than that. This is the Holy Spirit work that you're sitting here this morning because it says that the Holy Spirit gathers the church together in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit works in your heart to gather us together, not as individuals coming together, but adopted children of God as a family, joining together for a common purpose of glorifying Him and making Him known throughout this earth. 
We are drawn together because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and it says that we are drawn into a communion of saints. There is no such thing as an individual Christian. They simply do not exist. And the Bible, when it talks about the body of Christ, says, if the nose says, I do not belong to the body, the body doesn't reject the nose. The nose says, I'm leaving. But we are not called to that. We're called to body, to be together, and it's a gathering of the Holy Spirit. If we understand that, it makes this so much more important and so much more precious and so much more vital. The Scripture says, if you want to enjoy life and see many happy days, Keep your tongue from speaking evil and your lips from telling lies. If we can do this, if we can start to talk the way that Christ wants us to, we're going to grow in confidence in our prayer and in the way we glorify God. We're going to build each other up. We're going to have good relationships. We're going to be able to confront evil and we're going to be able to share the good news of Christ. Do you know a word spoken at the right time it's so pleasant. I remember one day, and I'm not sure if I've told this story before here, but I was driving along, just having a miserable day. <laughs> God is really good. Let me tell you that. I was just so miserable. I'd been having trouble thinking about this, that, and the other, and I was just like, my face was just like, you ever driven like that? <laughs> Stop at the traffic lights. <laughs> This car pulls up beside me, a beaten up old car. And this girl's got, winds the window down. Oi, oi, oi. She's waving at me. I'm like, what? I looked around. She goes, what's the matter? <laughs> <laughs> you look like you've had a beep day. <laughs> I said, yeah, not feeling that good. She goes, on. And she's like, you know what? Everyone has bad days. And we've had a bad day. We've had a crappy week. Our boss is this, our boss is that. And she said to this to me, it's okay, you'll be all right. Thanks. <laughs> and she drove off with her friend once the lights went green. But that word, do you know God can use anyone? Seriously, God can use anyone. And that word was such life-giving thing to me just lifted my spirits and I was like, yeah, you're right, God. You spoke to those people to me. Everything's going to be all right. It's okay. You're with me and I can trust you. <laughs> it happened to me another time too. I was just following a car, same thing, miserable face. No one else gets it, I understand. But And I look at the sticker on the back of the car. It said exactly the same word. It's going to be all right. <laughs> Did you change those words on that sticker, God? But this is what words are like in our life, aren't they? They're just so life-giving if they're used properly, but I'll tell you what, they cut so harshly when they don't. And they're very important. I want you to listen to these words that Nelson Mandela wrote, just about the words that we use. It is never my custom to use words lightly. In 27 years in prison, if 
27 years in prison have done anything to us. It was to use the silence of solitude to make us understand how precious words are and how real speech is in its impact on the way people live and die. <laughs> I remember once travelling with my niece and she's a chatterbox and she's like and I was just like sick of her talking and <laughs> I'm patient but there's a limit and I said to her do you know what when you're born you've only got a certain number of words <laughs> and once you've used all those words you can't talk anymore she just went silent. <laughs> it was great. No, I did, I did tell her that it wasn't true. And because we are meant to speak the truth to one another after all. <laughs> but, but I was like, as I think about that, I'm like this. What if we did only have a certain number of words? What would you use them for? And that's what that Nelson Mandela quote says to me, you know. It's really important that if we're going to have this great capacity to communicate with God and with people, that we cherish every single word that we say. And the truth is that the Bible says we have to give account of every idle word we speak on the day of judgment. To stand before God and go, you know what? Yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that. That word didn't do much. <laughs> That's actually quite heavy on my heart sometimes, you know. But the point is this, that when we speak, make sure you use your words wisely. When you're speaking to your husband, your kids, your friends, your workmates, make sure you're not wasting time. Speak the truth, speak with love. Get rid of that heart that is evil by coming to Christ, coming to God, and he will free you. Just one more passage, and this is just, if you've never, ever accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, Jesus was talking to a group of people, actually his disciples, and he started going on about Unless you eat my body, unless you drink my blood, you can't be saved. Well, they didn't understand it. And people started to walk away. The disciples started to leave because it was a hard saying. In fact, it says this, at this point, when Jesus started to talk about this, many of the disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the twelve and asked, are you also going to leave? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to who would we go? You have the words that give eternal life. We believe and we know you are the Holy One of God. If you've never accepted Jesus before, I want to tell you this, that he's the only one with the words of eternal life. He's the only one who you can get to God through. That death on the cross atoned for your sins. And that's the truth. If that's you today, 
I want to tell you something what Jesus said. Human effort accomplishes nothing. But the very words I've spoken to you are spirit and life. And you might try all you want to get right with God. You might do all the right things you think you're doing. But in the end, your human effort is accomplishing nothing. Words are so important and Jesus said this, anyone who believes on me will be saved. Anyone. If that's you this morning, I just want to encourage you to just make that decision today to turn away from where you've been to turn away from your sin and follow Jesus because he's knocking on the door and as God said, or as the psalmist said, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. But today, this question is thrown out to you. Are you responding? Lord, I'm coming.